so much for watching today with Marilyn and Sarah. We are thrilled and delighted to spend some time with you. One of the core things that we hold deep in our hearts is that the Word of God does not return void. God's Word is powerful, sharp, and effective. And so we love to pray the Word of God, and we see tremendous results, lots of lots of testimonies from prayer requests. So we'd like to invite you to hop on the phone, get on the website, and leave a prayer request with us, because we've seen God's Word answer those prayer requests Mom, in ways that are completely baffling, just nothing less than miraculous. We love how God answers prayer. And, you know, we have healing testimonies from people, I mean, that were dying last minute that are healed and walking in victory. So we always like to hear about your wonderful miracles. But also, Sarah and I love our partners, and I like to pray for partners every day. So what do I pray for them? I pray that they will have a hunger for the Word, that they will have a desire for the lost, and that they will walk in health and healing. I think this is very important. Folks, I think a lot of times when people get older, they think, oh, well, you know, I have arthritis, my mother had bursitis, all that itis family. And it doesn't say that in the Word. As you get older, you go downhill. It doesn't say that. And we need to say what God says. So I would encourage all of you partners, keep in touch with us. And if you're not a partner, hey, nothing wrong with becoming a partner with us because we believe that the anointing on the head comes on the body. And so the anointing that Sarah and I have in the Word and miracles and healing and all the things we do, they come on you too. And we talk about reward, the rewards that come to us, come to you, because you are part of the big vision. I am so excited, and so is Sarah, to go to Australia again. Oh, and we would love for you to come with us. What can you see in Australia? What can we see? Well, Mom, we're going to Sydney, so right. obviously we're going to see some cool stuff the in Sydney, House. the Opera House. Yeah. Plus, the fact we get a minister at Pastor John McMartin's church, Inspired Church. Yes. It's going to be super powerful. And we get to go to Ayers Rock, and we get to go to Cairns. Never say that right. Cairns, which is the gateway to the gate, Great Barrier Reef. Hop on the phone, get on the website. We want you to come with us. Mom, how can they How can they do this? Well, if they will check on the phone and leave their name, we will pray over it. And God can provide the money for you to go and the time off. So I'm really excited about all of you that are going to go. God's going to use your hand to pray for the sick. We're going to witness to people. We're going to see things beyond what we could ever imagine. We're so thrilled. Oh, my goodness. One of our favorite people in the whole planet, Rick Renner. Hi, Sarah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. We love you. We love in this new book. Oh, life in the combat zone. Oh my goodness, so rich. And you might be watching right now and maybe you feel like you're in a battlefield. You're like, whew, man, just getting attacked left, right, up, front, side, back, all over the place. We want to pray for you. So hop on the phone, get on the website. We really see God do amazing things. But Rick, this is a phenomenal book. In the first chapter, you start off the front lines of battle. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be like today, modern battle lines that we face in our daily living. Well, everybody goes through hard times. I mean, as long as we're going to live in this world you where bet. the devil is in operation, right. we're going to deal with hard we times. Yeah. The greater one lives in us, yeah. and the darkness cannot overcome the light, but it tries to. 
and we have to know how to resist it. There could be a battlefield in your marriage. Yeah. Think how many pastors have battlefields. Marilyn, you know well, all I about know, that. I know. Battle in your finances. There's all kinds of battlefields, but all of them pale in comparison to what Timothy was going through. Yeah. That was really a combat zone. Yeah. Yeah. I think this book would be very wonderful for you because this is on Timothy. It is. And it's how, and I like the way you do the book line upon line on how he won. It isn't just battle, but winning. You know, losing is nothing, but winning is everything. And a lot of times we don't read a book of the Bible and really get how we win. And so I'd like for you to call in. If you feel like you're losing today in some area of your life, it can be in your health, in your wealth, your family, your marriage, call in. We don't counsel. We'd love to pray. But get the book. You know, folks, I probably read three or four books a week. But this book I have to go through. I have to underline. I even put some question marks. You did? <laughs> yes. And so I want you to get the book. But why get one? You know, books are missionaries. They work while you sleep. I like that. So when you call in, get another one for a friend. Or you always say, get it for Bible studies. Mm -hmm. Sunday school groups, Bible all studies, right. books, book clubs. I mean, these are all super good. And Rick, when you talk about Timothy facing some, some struggles, what, what was he facing? Well, he was facing the Emperor Nero. Mm. And Nero had, may I give you a little history? Please. Yeah, please. I love it. Nero was obsessed with himself. Yeah. And he wanted to tear down the central section of Rome and build a new city called Neropolis. Mm. Have you ever read that before? Yeah. No. And the Roman Senate said, no, this is the oldest part of Rome. We will not permit that. So he devised a plan to burn down the central section of Rome, and it got out of control, and it burned the majority of Rome. And when the fire was over and they figured out that Nero was behind it, he had to look for a scapegoat. So he gave a lot of reasons, but one reason he gave to accuse believers was he said, listen, why would you accuse me? These Christians have been preaching on our streets about a big fire that was coming in the future. Mm. We should have listened to them. They were telling us they were gonna burn down Rome and the Senate believed him and that initiated a persecution which started after the year 64 and the church in Rome and in major Roman cities began to be assaulted by the government. And that was the first official governmental persecution against the church. Until that time it had always been Jewish or religious. This was governmental. And that changed everything. Suddenly people were bailing out of Timothy's church in Ephesus. People that he thought he could rely on were stabbing him in the back. They were leaving him and he was emotionally feeling very crippled. So he wrote a letter to Paul, and he said, Paul, please, I have to have help. Now what's amazing to me is Paul at that moment was in prison in Rome, and he was in prison being accused as being one of the arsonists that burned down the city of Rome. Which I did not know till I read your book. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that's amazing. And I love this, Paul didn't waste time. When he went to prison, he wrote epistles. He wrote, and he read books. He said, bring me books. Bring me something to <laughs> right, read. Right, Don't Kinda waste like my you. time. Kind of like you, Marilyn. <laughs> yeah. Don't waste time. So what did, what did he say, to, what did Paul say to Timothy? And, you know, he's got uh, government opposition, Ephesus, people are bailing on him. 
people he thought he could rely on. And sometimes we feel that way. You might be watching right now feeling like, hey, my relationships are kind of unsettled. I feel like quicksand. They're falling apart under me, underneath me. Hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you. That God would help you with your relationships. But what else was Timothy kind of, he's facing these oppositions and combat zones. What else was he dealing with? Because that's all hard for sure. Well, when you're stabbed in the back by people, and many, many of your viewers have felt betrayed. Sure. They all understand betrayal and hurt. It's devastating. And here he needed to work with new leaders. What was his guarantee that a new group of people were going to do the same thing that the Bass group just did? And Timothy had to get over it. And Paul wrote to him and said, Timothy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, mm -hmm. the real faith, that lived in your grandmother and your mother. I'm convinced mm -hmm. that it's in you also. And then he made this amazing statement in 1 Timothy 1, verse 5. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, and then he says, I'm putting you in remembrance of all these things. And the Greek says, and Sarah, you know, the Greek says, I'm reminding you of all these things that by remembering them, you might stir up the gift of God that is in you. Mm -hmm. It was the equivalent of saying, Timothy, you're worried about your future, but you just have a bad memory. Remember your past. God was faithful to your grandmother. God was faithful to your mother. God's faithfulness is part of your history. And I want you to remember how faithful God has been, and it will encourage you for what you're facing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, Sarah, I think sometimes we count our failures instead of the good things. And, you know, I know this, if I rehearse the good things that happened that day, and I do it daily and night, it really encourages me. And so why rehearse failures? And I like this. If you're going to win, you're going to have to rehearse your victories. Absolutely. Mm. So today, I want to encourage you, because this is a, I like the book anyway, but you bring out Greek word meanings and special things and historical things that I don't think we know. So we really get insight into the book. And I like insight, don't you? And I, I've underlined mine. I've put question marks I in I want to it. know what those question marks are <laughs> later. I will show you at home. So get the book and, of course, get it for other people. You know, and you've heard me say this so many times. We give people candy, make them fat. We give them flowers, they wilt. <laughs> give them God's Word, transform their lives. So call in, get two or three, pass them on. I always say with the book, pass it on. And also what I hear you saying, Rick, is remember the faithfulness of God. Oh, Go back yeah. and take an inventory. Right. Look at your history and look where God's fingerprints have been on your life. Walk through that history. You know, every, every time that I'm facing something that is difficult, and we all have in the ministry, it can seem so overwhelming. So I put it on pause, and I say, all right, let's just remember every previous difficult thing we've been through. And when you walk through all your past, how God delivered you, you always had food on your table, your body was healed, you didn't sink, you made it to where you are. By the time you get to the current problem, it doesn't look so big after all. Exactly. It's not any worse than anything you haven't already been through. God's faithful. Mm -hmm. And he could pass that on because of a mother and a grandmother. And you have children, you and your wife, and you have grandchildren. So you're passing it on. We are. <laughs> and that's good. I want to pass on.
of course to Sarah, of course to my grandchildren. And right now I have a great granddaughter who is born again, not Sarah's, Michael's. And I think, too, you might be watching right now and you have some generational issues. Maybe you have some kids or some grandkids who aren't serving Christ. Mm -hmm. And we'd encourage you to hop on the phone, get on the website, and we want to pray for them. But the other thing I think is interesting is we can't necessarily rely on our parents or our grandparents. And we can't say, well, it's their job and their faith. And, and Timothy stood in this situation and it was just him and God. And you might be struggling right now and you feel like, you know, my predecessors have died or they weren't strong believers and I just feel weak in my own soul. I feel uh, weighed down by the battle that's in front of me, that's all around me. So again, hop on the website get on the phone. We want to pray for you that God would help you to be strong. Spiritual battles are unavoidable and they can be fierce. One thing is for sure, the fight is personal, so it's imperative you do all you can to come out the victor. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you Life in the Combat Zone. In this book, author Rick Renner shows you how to engage in your spiritual battle effectively. You will learn how to be disciplined, prepared, and patient so that you can emerge as a conqueror. We will also send you Maryland's book, Spiritual Warfare. Arm yourself with the tools you need to fight the good fight and prepare yourself for victory in Christ with this classic teaching. And to complete this powerful offer, we will send you Maryland and Sarah's Speak the Word booklet and our authority scripture card. These two resources are filled with the scriptures you need to fight every battle you face. You can survive, thrive, and overcome in the midst of difficult situations. Call or click today. in a trial feel like your brain was a scrambled egg <laughs> you know this problem that problem the other problem all just kind of coming in on you at one time you think what else bad could happen so you would say well my life is in a combat zone and that's why I love this book for every Christian every Christian because we really live life in a combat zone you say, well, when I get older, it'll be different. I'm 87, still in the combat zone, but Rick, always winning. This book, tell us about it, really tells you how to win. Well, the subtitle is How to Survive and <laughs> right. Thrive. God doesn't want us just right, to survive. Right. Just get by. We can thrive regardless of what's going on. Right. And Marilyn, I think you're one of the greatest examples. You're amazing. <laughs> Well, you are a very prejudiced friend. Yes, I am. Of about, what, 35 years, 40 Probab years? Probably, but I've seen you on the front lines, and you are 
one of the most remarkable people I know. I just wish your partners understood the vast ramifications of what you've well, done and you. where you have done it. Thank you. Thank you are you. a real soldier. Thank you a for general. your prejudice. <laughs> thank you. I want to ask just quickly, um, you're talking here about grace, mercy, and peace. Mm -hmm. um, and when we're in the middle of combat, it doesn't feel very peaceful. And mercy mm -hmm. seems to be kind of like just a dropped off concept. Grace, so how do those things, grace, mercy, peace, how do those relate to us in a combat zone? Well, let's talk about the word grace. There's a lot of talk today about the word grace. Right. And people have a lot of interesting ideas. I listen to a lot of things that I find very interesting. Yeah. But from a linguistic point of view, which is how I approach the Bible. Sure. The word grace is the word charis, and it was not a Christian word. There really were no Christian words when the Bible began. Right. They had to develop that. That's what came out of there, right? So they borrowed their words from the sure. pagan world. Sure. And charis was a pagan word that was used by in the context of religion to describe when the gods touched a person. And when the gods would touch a person, that was called charis. And suddenly that person would be empowered to be different. A normal person could suddenly do supernatural things. And if somebody saw someone suddenly behaving differently in the pagan world, they would say, ah, he's under the influence of charis. That man's under the influence of grace. Well, Paul understood that. Mm -hmm. So when Paul writes about grace, he's really talking about an empowering touch that enables us to be different in our situation. It empowers us to perform. That's Say that again. It empowers, it empowers us, us to, perform. to perform. That's what grace does. It changes I love us. That. And you know when Paul writes in Corinthians and he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yeah. I love that verse. <laughs> but if you really understand the word charis, the word grace, what Paul is really saying is by the grace of God, I'm not who I was. The grace of God touched me. It empowered me, and now I'm a different man than I used to be. Mm. Well, here Timothy was struggling. He had hurt feelings. He felt wounded by believers who had betrayed him. He was crippled in his soul. What did he need? He needed charis. He needed a touch of God that would change his perspective and empower him to move beyond himself. So the role of grace is so important in all of our lives. And you may be feeling really down on yourself and down on your situation, please call us for prayer. But when you call in, be sure you get the book. Because folks, you'll read it more than one time. Because I've gone through it, started underlining it. But there's so much, you, it's so rich that you have to go and say, hey, I'm a winner here. I'm a winner here. I'm not a loser. I'm not supposed to lose. The game is not supposed to be over till I win. And this book will help you to see that the game of life is winning for Christians. It really is. And you know, you go through things with your children. They're hard, they say things, but in the end, we win. Look, I bet his grandmother and his mother thought, oh dear, are we gonna get what we put in? And they did. The other thing too you talk about in, in here is mercy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think of mercy in a combat zone. I think that's right. what runs contrary. Um, what do you say to that? How do, how well, that in that salutation, Paul says, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. Well, in most of Paul's letters, he says, grace and peace be unto you. But here he inserts the word mercy. 
And I think that's important because Timothy was struggling and he needed a little extra mercy for his fight. God understands us. Yeah. And when we're in a hardship in our marriage or our finances or our kids or any situation, God is ready to tuck a little mercy between the grace and the peace. God wants us to have mercy. Mm -hmm. Love that. And you might be watching right now and you're just overwhelmed with the battle. Maybe, sometimes I find this to be true. Sometimes it's like when it rains, it pours. <laughs> and it's not like you just have one little struggle here. It seems like we get in a battle and it fights us every which way. You know, we get a bad report from the doctor. We get something, negative news from our job or school situation. We get something happens with the family or America. It seems like everything just collapses at one time. And that might be you right now. And I'd encourage you to hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you that God would give you grace, mercy, and peace and God would help you and of course this book will be hugely helpful to you because what will happen is you'll read it and you'll start to see ah this is God working in my life ah this is the Holy Spirit who's anointed me oh dipped me in oil right <laughs> dipped me in oil to do great things oh my right. goodness so get this book get a lot of copies because they'll help not only you but your friends your family your Bible study your Sunday school group all of them is super super helpful and you know Rick the other thing you talk about in here and I just kind of alluded to it is that whole idea of preparing for uh, to be an athlete mm -hmm. and you talk about that in here the athlete preparation and there's a couple important ingredients that you bring out historically on that what, what are some of those and how do they relate to us well in 2nd Timothy 2 the Apostle Paul talks about us training and fighting like athletes. Well, athletes in the Greek world were very big, huge. Everybody big knew about deal. Greek athletes. Mm. And athletes in the Greek world, first of all, this is interesting, they fought naked. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I, I know visually that's kind of hard to see, but they did because they wanted to remove every appendage. They wanted nothing hindering their movements. And there's a great message in this for us. We need to remove everything in our life that will hinder our race. Anything that's going to hinder our ability to fight, to win, we need to get rid of it. It's not worth the victory. Right. We need to sacrifice it. We need to remove it, strip, so that we can really do what God's called us to do. Because we're made to win. When we're born again, we're supposed to win. We are. But Marilyn, think of the people who they've got the greater one on the inside of them. But because they allow appendages in their life and habits and things to continue, they're not really able to function like God meant them to function. You have to remove those things. And I think you deal with some things here that I think have to do with generation weaknesses, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all of us have them, right? But we're a new creation in Christ. And so I said to the Lord one time, because my father had a mental breakdown, I said, I'm just like my father. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, you're right. You're just like your father. I'm your father. I never had a mental breakdown, and you never will either. Oh, I'm teaching you to win. you got to get the book. And, of course, we'd love to pray for you. The other thing, too, I think um, appendages, things that hold us back, I think sometimes, too, we have competing priorities. So sometimes there's things on the outside of us that we need to kind of strip off. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I wonder sometimes on the inside if we don't have, have a divided heart. And that can be a problem because then when we set out to run or compete, our mind is split. Any problems with that? Absolutely. If you've got a divided <laughs> heart, you're going to have a hard time reaching your goal. 
you've got to be very focused. You've got to be single-minded. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about Jesus who set his vision on the goal that was before him. Just imagine if Jesus had had a divided heart. Oh. He would have never made he it. He would have gone to the cross. He wouldn't have gone. He, he wouldn't have done it. He would have said, this is too hard. Too hard. Why am I going to do this? But he had his mind fixed on the goal. And that's the way we have to be. Mm -hmm. You might be watching right now and struggling with a divided mind, a divided heart. You have competing priorities. And we would love to pray for you because God has success and victory and, and great abundance for you in all areas of your life. Please hop on the phone, get on the website, grab a couple of copies, Life in the Combat Zone. And it's a little bit of a manual, if you will, on spiritual warfare, how to fight, how to win, and how to walk in the victory that Jesus has already purchased for you and let that roll out in your daily living. We wanna pray for you now. Spiritual battles are unavoidable and they can be fierce. One thing is for sure, the fight is personal, so it's imperative you do all you can to come out the victor. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you Life in the Combat Zone. In this book, author Rick Renner shows you how to engage in your spiritual battle effectively. You will learn how to be disciplined, prepared, and patient so that you can emerge as a conqueror. We will also send you Maryland's book, Spiritual Warfare. Arm yourself with the tools you need to fight the good fight and prepare yourself for victory in Christ with this classic teaching. And to complete this powerful offer, we will send you Marilyn and Sarah's Speak the Word booklet and our authority scripture card. These two resources are filled with the scriptures you need to fight every battle you face. You can survive, thrive, and overcome in the midst of difficult situations. Call or click today. We're so thrilled, Rick, that you are with us. I'm thrilled with this book, Life in the Combat Zone. And I'd like for you to pray for our audience because every single person watching is in their own combat zone. So would you pray for us um, and that we would overcome in the combat zone? I certainly will. I want to tell you that you can overcome. Whatever you're facing, it's passing, it's fleeting. You're going to get beyond it. You just need to grab hold of the power of God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the empowering presence of your spirit mm -hmm. to come to my friend. You don't have to earn it. It comes to you by grace. Just open your heart. Just open your heart right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to invade their heart, heal their mind, heal their emotions, and give them the strength they need to survive and thrive, thrive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think thriving is the big key. Mm -hmm. Not just surviving, but thriving. Coming out in a greater way than ever before. God bless you. Keep winning. Don't give up. And know if God is for you, who can be against you? And so sometimes when people are really negative with me, I think, well, they're not going to stay that way because God is for me. And I'm not just surviving in this circumstance. I am thriving.